these are. <laughs> no fear. No political correctness. No wokeism. You're listening to Underground USA. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Frank Salvato. Before we get to this week's segment on Talk Back with Chuck Wilder, I wanted to say that I'm reading a book called Free Speech. It gives the history of the idea and the vacillation of free speech rights throughout the history of man, going back to the Greeks and the Romans. We exist in a very delusional time. We have a Bill of Rights that says that we have free speech in the First Amendment. It is there, but that Bill of Rights is applicable only to government. We're seeing now that in the private sector, free speech has a value. Some people value it more, some people value it less. People at social media censorship boards, they tend to value it less. They want to control and define what is proper and good speech. That excludes, in most cases, any non-sanctioned narrative. And in the techno world, that means if you believe in the Constitution or you have a conservative agenda, well, you're shit out of luck. I urge you to pick up this book. If you listen to it, I'm listening to it, but pick up the book. It's titled Free Speech by Jacob McHangama. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it on Audible. But it's important for us to know that the free speech that is provided to us through the First Amendment only applies to how government interacts with the people. It's not codified into law. Imagine what kind of a country we would live in if the First Amendment, Second Amendment, Fourth, Fifth, if the total of the Bill of Rights was actually codified into law. It would certainly keep social media from censoring. It wouldn't need any fact checkers. It would be a game changer. Right now, this week's segment on Talk Back with Chuck Wild. His website is undergroundusa.com. I probably need a doctor. Hey, Mr. Savato, how are you, sir? Mr. Wilder, trying to give me a degree there, are you? I, yes, yes. You probably have more degrees than you know what to do with already. And then I've got a, I've got a few degrees of separation. That's about it. <laughs> separation. All right, there you go. Hey, uh, before we get into uh, bossism facilitated by regulation, I wanted to ask you. Uh, so let's see. Yesterday, they shot down another unidentified flying object. All right. So this makes what four or five so far? Yeah, it's, I, I believe. I believe it's five. Is Biden trying to catch up, you think, or trying to make him look good? Yeah. What do you mean I, I, I think, him down? Uh, what he did, I, th- <laughs> I, th- I think there's a certain aspect to being overzealous about the about the issue right now, but the bigger question is um, why we weren't on top of these things before yeah. and whether or not the intelligence community in the United States has been too busy focusing inward on, on false flag boogeymen like the white supremacist domestic terrorist type thing, rather than looking outward at the real threats from around the globe to the United States. That's a question that needs to be answered. Because yeah. if we're just, if it's, if the intelligence community has been so politicized 
um, today to the point where we're missing things that are flying over our country gathering data and instead trying to manufacture crisis and demons within our society, then it should be dismantled completely. Well, you know, and, and the other thing is that, uh, you know, there's this old thing about do you, is it the cows or the horses. Once the door's open to the barn, it's too late when they get out, you know, whichever. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, it's not for Biden, right? I think he's trying to make up for, for lost time. But here's the thing. Here's the kicker. Now, Valentine's Day, tomorrow, okay, uh, they're going to have a North America Aerospace Defense Command, NORAD. They're going to have an air defense exercise, okay, and it's going to take place midnight. (laughs) It starts at midnight. It ends at 2.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and this is going to be in the Washington, D.C. area. Is this all, you know, a pony show, you think? Well, I'm sure it's to shake down apparatus that probably has cobwebs on it. But yeah, for the most part, when, when they publicize something, they want a pat on the back for doing it. They want to be acknowledged. You know, we saw during, during the days after 9-11, the serious work of intelligence gathering and, and uh, the fight against uh, Islamo-fascist terrorism, we didn't hear a damn thing about it because they were serious about making sure that it was executed properly so that the other side didn't know what we were doing. So whenever the intelligence community or the military gets on the megaphone to say, we're going to be doing this because of this, that, and this, they're yeah. looking for kudos and a pat on the back. Well, let me tell you something, Frank. I, I think that, uh, you know, Biden has decided, look at me, you know, I'm putting my guns on, right? And I'm going to tell you when I first heard about all the different five different things that were shot down in the last week all of a sudden you know like they wake up if they accidentally shoot down one of those ufos which i don't think they're capable of that's just my opinion but if they shoot down one of those ufos they may get more trouble than they bargained for i believe that the extraterrestrial thing is a is a bit far-fetched because if somebody has the technology to come from light years away to want to bother with looking at what we're doing, I don't think our most sophisticated weaponry is going to take anything down. Yeah, me too. But I, I could see when I said that, you know, I automatically meant to add if they got a lucky shot or a miracle shot. Yeah, you know? it would. It would. You would think that the that the technology that any yeah. craft that could navigate the galaxy would have things that would just dwarf what we have seen, <laughs> I don't so even, we can't really get out of our atmosphere daily. I think they're so, so far ahead, they wouldn't even have an accidental head-on collision with one of our people. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. and I, th- I think what you're going to find when you're looking at the solid objects that move erratically is that they are drones. They are high-altitude drones, and this is this is what brought me back to my concern about the intelligence community. If they to date have been delinquent in being able to pick up high-altitude drones or know who is putting up those high-altitude drones, then they have failed miserably in their mission. And, and that's all because it's been politically weaponized to look internally rather than externally. So when we talk about hearings and commissions and this, that, and the other, mm-hmm. I'm less concerned about Hunter Biden's laptop because that was an election year political fiasco mm-hmm. 
than I am about why the intelligence community isn't accurately picking up things that are flying in our air, on our airspace. Well, are the are the three branches? Is there a big windstorm and the branches are blowing <laughs> and overcrossing? Well, we for a long time we've had uh, we've had a violation of the separation of powers. Yeah. We've had we've had the executive branch creating legislation and law through regulation. We have had uh, the judicial system uh, creating law rather than adjudicating law in, in an activist court. And we've had a, a legislative branch that has gotten so incredibly lazy that they don't craft good legislation anymore. So the federal government is dysfunctional in every branch, and the lines have been grotesquely blurred, and we can all thank Woodrow Wilson for starting this whole thing. I know I keep harping on him, but he's well, just no, a, that's, a, bad, know, a bad guy, an evil guy who screwed the country. And a lot of people don't know that, you know, and the more you say it, and the more they research it. And uh, by the way, listeners, remember, it's the legislative branch. They're supposed to craft and pass the laws, okay? Then the executive branch is to execute those laws, and then the judicial branch is to determine the constitutionality of those laws, okay? Uh, and you almost think, you know, it should be the judicial branch first. <laughs> you know, what well, is the constitutionality of the law you're trying to pass here, you know? Yes, but anyway. Well, and that's, and that's, the, that's the, symbi- the symbiotic relationship between the three branches. It's supposed to, it's supposed to cooperate yeah. and, and, and function for the people. But right now you've got opportunists and grifters and, and power junkies and people who figured out how to get rich off what has now become an industry. Yeah. Well, in rather your latest, than a service uh, to the people. Yeah. In your latest, you mentioned uh, the the people who have uh, gamed the system, and you've heard a lot about it. Uh, you know, Trump used to mention it all the time. It's called the swamp, right? Mm-hmm. Ab- yeah. Absolutely, and that's that's you can interchange the swamp with the bureaucracy. What we have now is a is a bureaucracy that runs the country, and this is evident whenever they say, "Well, the government's shutting down." So what do they do? Mm-hmm. They put a face on it by closing the parks. But checks still get delivered, and the military still functions, and the bridges still work, and the FAA still goes to work. So the bureaucracy continues even if government isn't in Washington. That should be the red flag that everybody sees. We have a, we have a group of unelected people who have been put into position through favor, through political favor for the most part, not all, but for most. And they're the ones that actually do the day-to-day of the country, and it shouldn't be that way, especially yeah. the regulators. And sometimes, listener, you know, it, it seems very confusing. Uh, I get that way all the time, you know, unless it's uh, my sleeping hours. And, and I have some great <laughs> dreams that I can't mention on the air, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Mr. Savato gives us two examples of how this unconstitutional scheme affects us directly comes in two instances, okay? One involving the Internal Revenue Service, IRA, and the other in a charade of alphabet agencies related to the financial sector. So now that uh, that last statement sounds like there might be a lot. <laughs> well, there are there are a lot, but that's uh, they needed to bring all the guns they could to the uh-huh. to corralling of crypto because crypto is not it it's not centralized. It's a decentralized platform 
that allows people to to not involve the banking system, not involve the government, and that's why they feel they need to kill it. They don't have control over it. Ah, crypto, yes. Mm-hmm. The ugly guy, right? The, the bad dresser. That uh, automatically comes to mind, you know. And a skinny girlfriend. <laughs> well, you know, crypto. When you when you get into it, the the model, especially behind Bitcoin, is is revolutionary, and it it allows people to take control of the worth instead of the government or the banks controlling the worth. You think about inflation and what we're doing with interest rates right now. What the Fed has had to do because they mismanaged the economy. Well. It, the crypto sphere and and Bitcoin and things like that, they don't tolerate the manipulation of outsiders like the like the Fed. So you don't see these spikes in in inflation between two people who give a value to something. If I want to sell my car and it's worth this, I determine the worth. And I sell it, and the person pay, pays me in Bitcoin, and it's between us. Now the government wants to be involved with that because they can't control the worth of the Bitcoin. You know, with the Federal Reserve, they can just print money. You know, they can raise interest rates. They get, The government can pick winners or losers and taxes and everything else. You start getting into peer-to-peer interactions that don't involve the government, and they don't get their slice of the pie. And they don't have control. So that's why you've got the Fed and you've got the DOJ and the IRS. You even have the World Bank, the World Economic Forum. They can't have this. They can't have an independent, decentralized currency system. They need to be in control of it. And that's why they're going after the the cryptosphere. Well, explain this uh, because I kind of got a little fuzzy on this. We got one minute before we have to take a break. Uh, you were talking about a week after the IRS urged millions of taxpayers to delay filing yeah. their tax. Anyway, they issued this statement decreeing that most relief checks issued by states last year are not subject to federal taxes. Now, why would they do that? Is that like a Christmas gift early or what? Well, this is uh, this is the question that is the onus of the entire piece. Uh-huh. What is the decision-making process about this? What what did they have to talk about? And what gave them the right to decide what was taxable and what was not taxable? They uh-huh. don't have the authority to create tax law. The Constitution and, the, and the Article 16 and the amendments say point blank that Congress has the right to create those laws. Uh-huh. Not a regulatory agency, not the IRS, not the Treasury Department, that's the executive branch. Different branch completely. Legislative branch has the right to craft tax law and to levy taxes. So, so in other words, uh, they couldn't what say, they, if you vote for Kamalia in the next election, that'll be relief from taxes. They don't have that authority. See, I'm just uh, giving you a scenario that... Might make some of you throw up. <laughs> yes. Anyway, we're going to take this break. Frank Savato, host of the Underground USA podcast, also Captain's America Third Watch, syndicated on Salem and Genesis Communication, and that's twice weekly. And his website is undergroundusa.com. Be back. Handcrafted exotic blend teas at the lowest shipping cost anywhere. Hi, I'm CJ, owner of the Emerald Coast Tea Company. We ship our premium gourmet blends with Sindel, 
offering you the lowest shipping prices anywhere, while also being carbon neutral. Excellent tea at the right price. Check us out at www.emeraldcoastteacompany.com. Honey, this ain't your mama's tea. They are our love bugs and companions. They are our pets, our family, and they make life better. When we face unexpected challenges, so do our pets. That's why we're on a mission to support people and their pets. Whether donating a bag of kibble, sharing an Instagram post of a lost cat, or welcoming a foster pet into your home, every bit of kindness counts. Visit petsandpeopletogether.org to learn how to be a helper in your community. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. So when we get to the IRS, uh, you have weapons, all right, that they were going to train these guys, and they may have already started all that, and uh, then they got all this power. But then, of course, you've got the brand-new house that says, no, this, none of this is going to happen. Just uh, before we go on to the rest of this, what do you think? Is, is the house going to be able to say, no, you're not going to be able to arm the IRS? Well, let's. We have to look at this in a, in in an accurate timeline. Uh, the acquisition of eighty-seven thousand new IRS agents was already passed into law and signed by the president. It is the law of the land. It's not open for debate. It's already been been crafted well, and passed. That is, that's definitely my mistake. Mistake. Sorry. You know. Yeah. yeah. Now Kevin McCarthy is saying, "Yeah, we're going to pass a resolution that defunds them, this, that, and the other." They can affect the change in that number and and what they can be used for by holding back the power of the purse. But that's going to have to be attached to a bill that the Democrats really, really want. Because they've already got it. It's already theirs. Those chips from that poker hand are already in their pot. They're already in their bank. There's, there is no gamble with that anymore. So the Democrats would have to be, be cajoled into giving it back and that can be done i mean when you look at some budget things that that democrats really want that they need the cooperation of the republican-led house in order to get moving forward there can be an amendment there that says that uh, we're repealing the eighty-seven thousand, or they don't get to have uh, um investigatory authority they don't get to have audit authority it's simply for filing papers they can do this but it takes the the coercion of holding it back and attaching it to something the democrats really want isn't so, that one of yeah the, one of the most shocking laws to ever come into effect that you've seen in your lifetime 87,000 armed irs agents the, the armed part is the, the whole yeah. idea of, the, of what the IRS has become is is something that is so antiquated and dysfunctional. We we really need to have, and everyone couches it as tax reform. We don't need tax reform. We need to abolish the IRS and create a new system of taxation. We're yeah. a, mm-hmm. uh, we're a country that is a consumer nation. We buy things, and and we're the biggest consumer nation in the world. So that's our strength economically. That's why other countries want to do trade with us because we buy things. So if that's the case, stop looking, stop taxing income, and start taxing how we spend. 
it will create a, a more reliable stream. And then when you have people who don't want to don't want to have anything to do with the system, if they want to live off the grid and farm their own food and raise yeah. their own chickens and butcher them, they can. You know, because we get taxed in a million different ways anyway. But the federal income tax, it shouldn't be based on income. It just shouldn't. And the imagine how much simpler the tax process would be if you never had to file a 1040, ever. Because all you were taxed on is what you spent. That means, and boy, don't. Don't tell, yeah. don't tell the left this, the left voter this, but that taxes the millionaires and the billionaires the same as they tax the people who just make 30 grand a year. Because if the millionaire and the billionaire wants to buy his G6 or his brand new yacht, he's got to pay tax on it. So when are you running for office, Frank? Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't even want to get into that rat race. I like the sideline with the megaphone, my friend. Hey, got a minute before we have to take the break. Uh, there's an interesting uh, thing from the Epic Times that was reported. I think you have time to, if you have that there in front of you, with that clarification mm -hmm. finally issued. It's now known that various forms of general welfare and disaster relief payments don't have to be reported by taxpayers in the following states. 17 states, right? Yeah. Um, any state that gave out relief last year, as a, as a bribe to the voters, and that's pretty much what it was. They're just giving us back our tax dollars that we've already paid. So, gee, thanks. Yeah. You know, Last. but this is, again, this comes back to the onus of the entire article. What gives the IRS the right to decide what they're going to tax and what they're not? They don't yeah. have the constitutional authority to do that. Well, you know, I could uh, give all the 17 states listener, but it would sound like a song that was uh, recorded a long time ago, and it was called I've Been Everywhere, Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Remember that one? Maybe I'll let you yeah. do it when we return because I, I'd like to hear you sing that part with the, just those states that don't have to uh, report all those uh, taxes. Amazing. Frank Savato, S A L V A T O, host of the Underground USA podcast and the Captain's America Third Watch. That's uh, syndicated nationally uh, twice weekly, by the way, Salem and Genesis. And his website, undergroundusa.com. When might you be buzzed? When you suddenly love everything. You guys, I love this song. I love these nachos. I love our kickball league. Ugh! I love this guy. What's your name? You know what I love? A ride when it's time to head out. If you see a buzzed warning sign, call for a ride when it's time to go home. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. I love your car. Is this real leather? This portion of Underground USA is brought to you in part by Judson Carroll, herbalist and author. If you would like to learn about herbal medicine or cooking or gardening, homesteading, all the self-reliant skills, go to my website, judsoncarroll.com, and sign up for my free Substack newsletter. Who doesn't have to pay taxes? How come they don't have to pay taxes? And why are there so many states there that... Uh, that have the exemptions. Uh, so they have the general welfare rela uh, disaster relief payments that don't have to re be reported by taxpayers in 17 states. And then you come down, and there are four other states that also have a thing. That's a total of 21. That's almost half of the 50 whatever states we have. Right, Frank? You, you bet. 
Um, and then to list them, uh, you get Alaska, California, Colorado, Connecticut, Delaware, Florida, Hawaii, Idaho, Illinois, Indiana, Maine, New Jersey, New Mexico, New York, Oregon, Pennsylvania, and Rhode Island in the, the initial 17. And then there, to different degrees, um, the the non-taxability is, is also levied in uh, Georgia, Massachusetts, South Carolina, and Virginia. So you've got half the country that the IRS has decided, well, we're not going to, you don't have to report that. We're not going to tax that. We, we, we took some time to think about it, and we decided you don't have to pay taxes on that. Let me ask you this, seriously. Are most of those Democrat states? No, I mean, think about it. You've got Florida in there, which yeah. absolutely isn't. New Mexico, a, for example. You know, you know? Alaska, Florida. You've got uh, um, uh, Georgia, which is a red state. South Carolina is a red state. Uh, Idaho is a red state. So, no, it's it has mostly to do with... Um, with the way these different payments were doled out. Uh, but again, and we're, get, we're getting caught in the minutiae here. It's why, do you, why did they have the authority to make this determination in the first place? But don't they say that Biden owns Virginia? Is that the state he owns? It's, you know, Delaware is where he comes from. They're fighting all those documents oh, there. Okay. You know, Virginia is yeah, waffles back okay. and forth from being blue and purple uh, to red. It's, you got to remember, there's a giant part of of, uh, of Virginia that is where the suburbs where the D.C. swamp creatures live because they want to live in a nice place as opposed to a place riddled with crime like D.C. Yeah, yeah Delaware so, is, is up there in the 17 states. Okay, I knew that one of those... They say he owns that state. Okay, I got it. Yeah. yeah. Taxation without representation, right? Well, that's basically what this is. My, I know my my representative, my congressman, didn't get a chance to vote on whether these things were taxed or not. So I don't have any representation at the IRS to say that, uh, no, we don't think this is correct. Why are you taxing some people differently than others? That's something that's in the Constitution as well. We're not supposed to have a a tax system that taxes people differently, yet that's what our entire income tax is based on, is is figuring out who's going to be in a different bracket and tax differently because they make this. It's supposed to be equal across the board. You know, and you a, hear you, know, you, you hear the, under the law. Yeah, go ahead. Well, you hear the you hear the liberal politicians every election cycle saying you must pay your fair share. You must yeah. pay your fair share. Okay, then make it fair. If, if someone's making fifty thousand dollars a year and someone's making fifty million dollars a year, find your percentage to make it fair. Is it ten percent? Is it is it fifteen percent? Is it twenty percent? You know, but don't tell me that somebody making fifty thousand dollars a year has to pay thirty percent, and because someone can afford a legion of lawyers who makes over five million dollars, they can figure out how to use carve outs and everything else to pay nothing. That's ridiculous, and that's what our tax code is today. It's a bunch of special interest favors and carve outs for people who fund political campaigns and get people elected. If you if you flip this on its head and you use a taxation system that says if you're, you know, whatever you buy 
minus food, minus medicine. Because those are everyone should have that benefit, not to be taxed on, on things that keep you alive. You know, but if you're going to go out and buy a car, okay, so the, the sales tax on a car for federal income tax is 10%, is 5%, is 3%. Hmm. When you start talking to economists who have looked at a consumption tax, and this is not a VAT, it's not a value-added tax like they have in Europe, because they still have different combinations of taxes over there, including income tax, and that's why they're getting absolutely royally screwed over there with taxes. What I'm talking about is abolishing the income tax completely and getting to a consumption task that is set. And, and that percentage would need a supermajority in both chambers to, to change. This not only says everybody has to pay their fair percentage, but it also says, hey, federal government, this is all you're getting to spend. So figure it out. I guess we don't get turtle tunnels anymore. And we don't we don't build new things because Nancy Pelosi wants to have a detox center with her name on it in San Francisco. Yeah. <clears throat> and you also don't you know you're getting to the point where it's fiscally responsible. It's fair. It holds the government accountable, and you don't get the backroom deals between K Street special interests so that I can get. 51% of the people in the House to say, yeah, we don't, uh, we're thinking indemnity for Pfizer and Moderna for this. Yeah, they, they shouldn't pay taxes on this. Yeah. Look at all the work they put out. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we got into the, you know, the zero hedge and, and the crypto and all that, you know, at the very beginning. But, uh, boy, so many little catches. They're pretty smart the way they just keep rolling in the money, I guess. Well, and the, and this is the point. This is the point. This is the swamp has has manipulated, and this is why I brought up Wilson in the first segment again. He was the one that brought the idea to Washington that you know the people in Congress they're they're elected from every walk of life. They're not really experts in any of the issues that we're addressing. So if they'll just craft the legislation a little bit more liberally, a little bit more generally, and allow the executive branch departments and, and commissions and agencies to flesh out the minutia of the law, we'll just put in regulations under those laws because the experts will know best how to handle it. Well, that's led us to the swamp. That's led us to the to the unbridled bureaucracy that just gets to make laws because they decide to change a regulation. And when yeah. when they impose a regulation like the IRS or like any of the the fiscal, when you when you read this over at undergroundusa.com, when you read this piece, you'll see all the different agencies that are going after the crypto sphere. When you see these agencies and commissions and and departments, when they want to establish a regulation or change a regulation. All they have to do is put out a 30- or 60-day comment period. And even if people say, no, 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 we don't want this, if they decide to do it anyway, they say, fine, comments are closed. We're going to put it in the National Registry, and now it's a regulation, and you have to abide by it. It's, it's, a, it's a unilateral decision with the force of law that's never been legislated. But let me ask and, you, and, uh, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, that, that's why our country is not a representative. It, it's not a constitutional republic anymore. 
It's just not. I mean, it sounds shocking to hear that, but it's not because Congress isn't crafting all of the laws that we have to live by. The executive branch is using regulations to push ideological and political agendas that are best for them, not for the people. So the idea that we've got accurate representation in how we're ruled day to day, especially when it comes to finance and taxes, it's, it's, that's a fantasy. But let me ask you this. Was it put together with the legislative and then the executive and then came last the judicial that was supposed to make sure that the above two legislative and executive didn't get out of control? Is that part no, of the are, judicial watch, the, uh, judicial, you know, I say no, judicial is, watch because I think of Tom Fitton, believe it or not, yeah, popped yeah. in my mind. <laughs> anyway. Um, no, this is, uh, this is what the result of the Constitutional Convention was, uh, all, all the way back when we had the framers. They are co-equal branches of government that, to, to borrow a, a thought from Ghostbusters, aren't supposed to cross streams. They're not. They're not. They're not supposed to be doing each other's work. If they if they stay in their lane, our our government works. When when the judiciary starts creating law through judicial activism, they're taking on some of the authority of the legislative branch. Can't have that. When the executive branch gives executive order after executive order, I think Biden's done like I don't know a billion of them. You know, or when the regulatory process starts to create new authority where where congress didn't give it they're encroaching onto the legislative branch and that line is completely destroyed that line is completely destroyed between the legislative branch and the executive branch and let me help our listeners now you ready for this this will be our uh free whatever you want to call it uh uh psa our public public service service, yeah. yeah public service here if you're thinking about voting for michelle obama Okay. (laughs) Uh, You say the attack on the private sector industry by these department agencies and commissions of the federal government executive branch is a continuation of who? President Obama, Operation Choke Point. Wow. You know, even that sounds terrible. Operation Choke Point. Let me put my hands around your neck. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is, and everyone's going to remember this. They may not know the name of the operation, but yeah. they're familiar with the actions. This is when the Obama administration went after legal industries, okay, like mm-hmm. like uh, like the firearm industry and and the payday loan industry. They were legal. There's nothing illegal about these industries, but they went after these industries using the power of finance. They coerced banks by saying. We're going to investigate every single thing about you unless you defund these people. We're going to send the IRS in to audit you from now until the day the earth explodes unless you make sure you make it harder for the, for the firearm industry to continue. This is, this is unbridled fascism. That's what fa- this is the very definition of fascism. Mm-hmm. And they did it to several industries. Using the banks, using the private sector banks, and the coercive power of the Federal Reserve. You know, when they so, target the the gun industry, Frank, I'll tell you real quick. Uh, I was thinking about this over the weekend, and I happened to see there already is a so-called law uh, for the gun industry that will handle every single thing, and it came in the Ten Commandments: "Thou shalt not kill." Isn't that interesting? 
Well, when I talk to people who are, well, you know, agnostic or, or atheist or just 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 yeah, <laughs> blatantly blatantly anti-religion, uh-huh. I I never come across anybody who can argue. I ask a question: What is wrong with those? What's what's wrong with the idea that you shouldn't kill? What's wrong with the idea that you shouldn't yeah. steal? Well, no, they're all good. The Ten Commandments are all good things, but it's the religion that says them. Yeah. Well, so what? Yeah, Catholic white supremacist. That's the new thing yeah, yeah. coming out I'm over a the weekend. Catholic, <laughs> a Catholic white supremacist. Yeah. We, for, we forgive you with malice. Yeah, in the name <laughs> of the Father know, and the Holy Ghost, yeah. Uh, you know, that's that's just that that oxymoron right there, just that label, tells you the inanity of the radical left. Yeah. One of these days they might just come out with, you know, the uh, Congress people, you know, They'll, instead of Catholic, we'll go to another C. Congress people, yes. No, it's, if if the fascism gets any deeper in this country, yeah. they will start trying to marginalize the legislative branch, and you may not be far off, Chuck. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm I'm usually pretty far off, though. <laughs> so there you go. What's the thing here on the Dakota Access Pipeline, 2017? New news on that, or what? What's going on? Well, it's it, it's not new news, but this is just another example of how Operation Choke Point affected the industry. Now, when Trump uh-huh. came to office, he stopped Operation Choke Point. So, no, that's unconstitutional. You can't do it. So, we're not pursuing that. My DOJ is not pursuing that, which uh-huh. probably made Eric Holder have a little crying fit because he wasn't in office anymore to keep using his fascist dictates. But too bad, Eric. Um, but the banking system got so gun shy about what the federal government and the Federal Reserve could do to them with these financial audits that that ideology just remained as residue. So a lot of banks for, uh, decided they weren't going to fund the Dakota's Access Pipeline in in 2017 because they were scared about the power that the eco zealot sphere had within the halls of government so rather than than tempting an audit and tempting all of this the spotlight from the federal reserve and the fdic they decided they didn't want to have anything to do with it well that choked off energy for us we saw prices go up and let me say there were two of them here you mentioned right bank of america and citigroup D-platform, yeah. firearms manufacturers, and even started reporting the names of the firearm purchasers to the federal government. Yes, we shall squeal on your neighbor. Yes, boy. I'll yeah, and, it's, and we saw lawsuits coming, coming out of the NRA and a lot of other Second Amendment organizations that won against them. That said, hey, you can't be giving information like that to the federal. We have no federal database, and you didn't have the right to share that information. That said, it didn't stop Bank of America and Citigroup from not doing any work with these fire with the firearm industry. Uh, I'm so, getting a little worried here, you know, because I think it was two years ago. I think I did write a check at Bank of America for some fireworks that I bought, you know, for Fourth of July. Whoa, yes, and then I could also be arrested for celebrating without a. What? What would it be? Permit? <laughs> Who knows? Frank Savato is going to be back. See, just about time we get to the break, I just decide, you know, we'll go downhill a little bit, uh, Frank, and then we'll come uphill for the rest of the story in just a moment with Frank Savato, underground, USA, dot 
www.thepetshow.com. Here's a fun fact for you. The average chameleon can point their eyes in two different directions. On the other hand, the average human can't. So unless you're a chameleon, there's absolutely no way you can focus on texting and driving at the same time. So don't do it. Unless you're a chameleon. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. So much regulation. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Uh, I'm going to let you continue here with a wrap-up, uh, Frank. It's, uh, it's sort of like it's... Uh, you wonder, well, it, what can you do it, to change it? Can you change it? Boy, is it going to get oh, closer? <laughs> well, it, it could. As a matter of fact, uh, Operation Choke Point 2.0 was, was launched by the Biden administration. Uh, and using the same tactics that the Obama administration did, using banks to coerce people. But this time they're going after something that's much more important to them, and that's the control of the worth of money. Um, Biden's Operation Choke Point 2.0 is targeting the crypto sphere, which circumvents what the pressure that banks can put on, uh, the government can put on banks with regard to the firearm industry, uh, to payday loans, which are above board. You know, if there's a crime being committed, then we prosecute the crime. But if you have a legal business, the government doesn't have any right to come in there and say, well, we've decided we don't like it, so we're going to kill it. And and that's what they're trying to do with the crypto sphere right now. They can't control it. It's it's been a wealth generator a generator for for millions and millions of people around the world, given financial access to countries that have the people in countries that have never had access to financial establishments before. There, there, it's an excellent tool for humanity because it removes the coercion of government from finance and the free market. But Biden administration can't control it. The world, yeah. uh, the World Bank can't control it. The Fed can't control it. So with the this world guy Economic going Forum to jail, can't control it. Yeah. So this guy going to jail, but you know, that is where it went wrong, or is yeah, are they he, doing he, that to try to get people not he to lied. He lied. Lied and che- huh? He lied and cheated, just like Bernie Madoff. He broke the law. It isn't about cryptocurrency. It's about an individual breaking the law. Ah. So, so while the SEC and, and the FDIC and the Fed and the Biden administration want to say, see, this is what cryptocurrency, yeah. don't get involved because it's bad. This is what happens. No. It, by, by that argument, then you shouldn't invest in Wall Street because they're worse. The Wall Street gang has figured out how to create financial derivative markets that allow them to play with other people's money. And if they lose, oh, well. Even yeah. even as they they continue to get richer, so you've got a better chance of winning the lottery or going to Vegas and putting everything on black than you do in in investing in Wall Street without insider knowledge. So at least the cryptocurrency is on blockchain where you can actually see everything that's happening. In Wall Street, you can't. Yeah. So you know my, the idea uh, yeah. being being foisted by the by the financial sector mm-hmm. here that crypto is bad is a whining complaint from people who are on the outside looking in who want to control it. I got to tell you about my scale. My scale was it must be good because the main theater, you know, the one that's got twelve theaters, they were mm-hmm. announcing a long time ago. We now accept crypto 
And then all of a sudden, <laughs> this happened, and I said, boy, now I'm really confused. All right. But when Frank comes around, everything starts looking rosier. Okay. <laughs> hey, thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Every minute. Frank Savato, undergroundusa.com. Look forward to our next visit. Talk to you soon, Chuck. All right. Thank you, Swade. Uh, thank you for listening. And God bless the United States of America. If you like the podcast, please subscribe, leave a comment, a rating if it lets you. And be sure to head on over to undergroundusa.com and sign up for our Substack. stack. Come straight to you, circumventing the censors, and that's important getting into the 2024 election. My name is Frank Salvato. We'll be right back after this. This podcast is a production of the Compass Point Group.